Today on the Evangelist Podcast, we talk to Paul Williams. The Evangelist's Podcast. Encouragement to speak life to a needy world. With Glenn Scrivener and Andy Brinkley. You're listening to the Evangelist Podcast. We seek to explore issues regarding telling the good news about Jesus. And uh, this time we are speaking to someone called Paul Williams. Mm. Um, He's been doing a a mission recently here in Eastbourne. Do you want to sort of say a little bit about the mission? Yeah, so Paul is the Vicar of Christchurch forward in Sheffield, um, but he's always been an evangelist at heart. Mm. Whatever he's done um, has had an evangelistic flavour to it. I I first met Paul at All Souls Langham Place, and he was put in charge of uh, workplace stuff there, but uh, he brought a real uh, evangelistic flavour to that Mm. work, and then he was put in charge of evangelism there. And he still uh, is a very evangelistic minister and preacher um, and he does things like what he's been doing this last week in Eastbourne which is to take a group of people from his church and to go and bless another church by helping out with their week of outreach events so we've had all sorts of outreach events going on this week curries and football tournaments and magic shows and cheese and wine evenings and and uh, lots and lots of uh, events where we've sought to reach out with the good news and his uh, team has helped us he's been the chief speaker but but everyone else on the team has uh, given testimonies and given talks along the way as well and so in the middle of all that busy schedule managed to grab some time with him and talk to him uh, not only about his uh, conversion uh, not only about his work as uh, a gospel minister uh, but also about a couple of books that he's written. So he's written uh, one evangelistic book called um, If You Could Ask God One Question. Uh, he wrote that together with Barry Cooper, who uh, is a friend of the show. And um, he's written another um, book recently for evangelists and those who want to get better at evangelism called Intentional. So we have a chat about that as well. Okay, great. Well, let's take a listen. I've got with me Paul Williams, Vicar of Christchurch Forward in Sheffield. Great to have you on the Evangelist Podcast. Thanks very much. Good to be here. Yeah. Now, we knew each other first from All Souls Langham Place. Many years ago, Glenn. Many years ago, when I was a slave, uh, cleaning a thousand loos in a year. And uh, and you were at that stage, this is about 2000. Uh, What was your job title there? Well, it changed halfway along the time. I was there for seven years. The first few years I was there to look after the workplace ministry, so helping Christians to think about what it was to be a Christian in the workplace and then creating a bit of an environment from time to time where they could bring their friends from the workplace to something evangelistic. And, of course, in the West End, many people would travel into the West End, Mm. so it was harder to get them back to their home churches, whereas actually if we ran lunchtime things, lunchtime evangelistic things, it was a really good place for them to bring their friends along. So that was uh, that was evangelistic, but also very much equipping Christians to be faithful Christians, evangelistic Christians uh, in their workplaces. And then during my time there, because of uh, staff changes and things, I was asked to take on the evangelism mm-hmm. locally as well. So uh, mainly running Christianity Explored and doing a number of uh, regular uh, evangelistic events. So that's always been a, a real passion of yours, evangelism and outreach. When did you sort of realise yeah. that that was your thing? Well, uh, yeah, interesting. I, I think really the moment I became a Christian. Mm. Um, so I became a Christian when I was 20. I'd um, always believed that God was there. I was brought up in a church-going family. Very big distinction for me now, understanding the difference between church-going and a true Christian family. Uh, but I stopped going as a as a teenager, stopped going to church. I'm grateful that my parents didn't push me to go. 
And uh, to cut a long story short, um, I became a Christian when I was 20 through my brother having become a Christian at university. Mm. He began to share the gospel with me. I began to ask the big questions of life. What is life all about? What happens when you die? I became aware of, I wouldn't have called it this at the time, but I became aware of my sin. Uh, just realizing I wasn't the sort of person I wanted to be. Tried to be better and couldn't be. Mm. Um, wondered about death. Those sorts of things. And I kind of now see, as I look back, that my brother and others were praying for me, and that was clearly the Holy Spirit putting those big questions in my mind. And uh, my brother invited me along to an evangelistic event where I became a Christian. And I take you back to that with mm. uh, to answer your question, because really the very next day I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. Mm. I didn't know how to do it very well. Sure. But I can still remember at the time I was working in the newspaper industry, and I can still remember I used to drive around quite a lot, just this overwhelming joy mm. of now being forgiven, almost believing it was too good to be true mm -hmm. and thinking everybody should know this. It was as if, as, as if I just discovered something that no one else on the planet knew. Of course, those people mm -hmm. did, but mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. felt like that. And yes. I ought to tell everyone. So in that sense, it wasn't something that I discovered as a sort of a gift or an ability but i just always wanted to do it and had it as a priority i guess as a christian always been a passion then and, yeah, yeah. and it's interesting the way that people sort of come to faith often becomes very precious to them in how they share their faith so it was an event at which someone was speaking that was sort of the the catalyst was it and well you know that was the the, the thing that got me over the line i suppose yeah, yeah. I mean, that was where i prayed a prayer you know i can put it down to a date yeah. But I can look back and say that there were um, months before where my brother was gently sharing the gospel with me. We, we, he wasn't living at home at the time, so we didn't live together. But as I saw him, mm. um, he was telling me about his newfound faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and, um, and then he gave me a Bible, mm -hmm. uh, which I started to read. I, I actually started to read at Genesis 1. He gave it to me and my, mm. and my parents as a Christmas present. Right. And I still remember reading it um, at Genesis 1. Well, why not? Why not? So, yeah. You open the book at the first yeah. page, don't you? Yeah. And um, uh, my brother said to me, as he realised I was reading it, he said to me after a few days, um, how are you getting on with, with reading? And I said, oh, well, I, I, it was okay, but I've stopped now. And he said, why? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I got to chapter 5 and everybody died. He said, it was depressing. <laughs> he said, why, what, chapter 5 of what? I said, Genesis. He said, why did you start there? I said, well, it's the first page. Yeah. He said, start in Matthew. Okay. And I started reading through Matthew. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, really, the, the stories that I'd heard as a kid um, at Sunday school mm. were suddenly alive. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, I know it's a cliche, but you know, suddenly Jesus was there, as our friend Rico Tice has said many times before, walking off the pages of Scripture mm. and into my life. It really, mm. I, I was amazed at the things that I knew that I was just wowed by. Mm -hmm. So there was personal relationship in my brother. Mm -hmm. um, that was a very key thing in mm. becoming a Christian. Then there was reading the Bible, um, just being amazed by uh, what I read. And then, it, and then it ended with an event, I suppose. Yeah, mm. I mean, at least becoming a Christian ended mm. in an event. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't just one thing, but all those sure. things. Sure, yeah. so personal relationship, prayer, Bible, yeah. and proclamation. Yeah, exactly. And that all coming together. Yeah, exactly. And I guess all those things are very precious to you now in terms of your, your evangelism. Mm. Uh, you're now down in Eastbourne this week, yeah. uh, leading a team from your church in Sheffield, yes. coming down. What are, you, what are you doing with us uh, for this week? Well, what a joy for me. Um, it's uh, brilliant that uh, Mark Redhouse, who is the vicar down here at All Souls, 
um, has invited me. And I, what a privilege and uh, and a responsibility to be mm. able to come down and uh, and help with a, 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 a week of mission. So the folks at All Souls here have worked extremely hard in putting on um, really lots of uh, small events and a couple of larger events as well, inviting their friends along. Um, some of the, the events are, are quite unspectacular, mm. except they are wonderfully and gloriously spectacular as the gospel is being proclaimed. So I've just come right now from a little um, afternoon tea uh, with, I'm not sure whether you call them scones or scones down here. Anyway, scones. Scones. Definitely scones. Mm. Uh, so scones and, uh, and tea. And then uh, one of the members of the team has just uh, shared a little uh, part of the gospel from... Um, uh, from uh, from John chapter six, and somebody's given testimony, and then uh, a number of us on the team have just been sitting around chatting to people, asking them what they made of that. So that's just one example of a very mm. low key event that has been glorious. One 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 lady and her husband have said to me they'll probably be at church on Sunday. They don't normally come, so one. it's those little things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what we're doing. Lots of uh, little things like that. I've brought uh, uh, eight people plus myself, nine in all, down from uh, the church. And I think one of the things for me is uh, not just the joy of being uh, involved in something as direct as this, you know, that all these people at All Souls have done this hard work of befriending people and praying for people and putting on good events, and then I get the joy of just speaking to these people. They're all warmed up, which is a joy. But um, one of the great things for me is training the team before we come down. Mm. So um, I, I have noticed over the years that I can run an evangelism training course at church and people will come but there's not a real edge and bite mm-hmm. not many people come but those who do you know if I ask them to learn a gospel outline they might do or they might not but they never really have to try it out but as soon as I said 10 weeks ago as we started planning for this event to the team around my dining room table as soon as I said we've got to learn to give our testimony We've got to learn how to mm. share the gospel in a mm. simple way, mm. you know, and all these things got to lead someone to Christ. They are listening mm. intently uh, and, uh, and and then because they know they're going to put it into practice. Mm. Um, so I think it's the, the best way to train people, mm. um, do evangelism with them. Um, and particularly when they know something's coming up because we're all scared. Yes. And, uh, and so we learn together. So that's what we're doing really here. Yeah. So, I mean, your church has been very generous in... in you know, giving you and, and and other members from from the church to us, but I guess yeah, you guys are being able to be trained and get get learning on the job and all that sort of thing. It's definitely a two way thing, and mm. uh, kind of you to say that the church is being generous. I just said I'm going. They didn't have a lot of choice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's it's great, yeah. and we will benefit in that. Mm. I always find when I go back after a week of mission that my focus is much better, mm. and um, already I can tell. You know, here we are halfway through the week. And uh, the team are already buzzing and excited. And, mm. and one of them has said to me quite independently of, of, uh, of me saying anything to them, uh, you know, when we get back, I think we'll be better at sharing our faith with our friends, yes. which is terrific. Yeah, I think those intensive weeks do put you on your mettle for, for just the rest of, of, of the year and, and really help. What do you think makes for a good event on mission? If, uh, if churches are planning either one-off events or a week of events, what, what would you say to them in terms of their planning of these such events? You know, I, I think I've changed my mind a little bit in, in the last few years, and uh, one of the events I went to here probably confirmed that. So we, over the years at, um, at uh, Christchurch Forward, have, have run quite a lot of uh, events that have taken an awful lot of planning. 
um, at one of the events, I think I probably nicked it off you, Glenn. The sort of idea of doing something like an an ABBA tribute band or something like that. You'd never, you'd never do anything quite as quite as cringy. Oh, you're that, giving so. me an idea. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then off that, you know, the the gospel according to ABBA, and uh, and it's you know it's a huge, huge, huge event. It takes forever. You could do the ABBA fa- the three ABBA fathers. From, oh, very from good. The New Testament. Uh, I've maybe. already got I've got my three points already. We'll we'll get you to come and do the talk next time we do it. Uh, and we've done a number of those, and that they are good. You know, they're they're Great, but um, for the amount of effort yeah. um, to, 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 to do it, but not just the effort, to think, what are the conversations afterwards, immediately mm. afterwards? Mm. Well, often they're not because you carry on with the band playing. You know, you've had the talk and the band carry on playing and everybody's having a good time. But just on Monday night, as I went to um, a, a wonderful um, curry night, mm. mm-hmm. uh, we sat in a curry house. Mm. Uh, one man here had invited uh, 20 friends. Uh, here's a, an interesting thing. He'd actually invited 80 friends mm-hmm. and 20 came. And he said Dang. to me, one in four, that's about right, isn't that's, it? Which, yeah. is, which is Mark good. chapter four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to have 80, mm. 80 friends is, is quite something. I think that's mm. something we need to learn, learn from as Christians. We usually don't have many, mm. many friends. But back to the event, it was so good because um, there we were. Yes, one man had gone out of his way to organise it, but it didn't take, in one sense, a lot of planning. Mm. We ate together, as we ate together, even before the um, even before the talk um, and the testimony which we had there. People are inevitably asking us what we're doing there, and already people were talking about the gospel. And then after the talk and the testimony, being able to turn to the person or the couple of people next to me and say, "What did you make of that? Have you heard mm. anything like that before?" Yeah. led on to really good conversations. So I think actually some of the very simple, the, the, the really simple, straightforward events where there's food, you can sit around together, you have a very straightforward talk and then, and then pick up a conversation. Probably the better ones yes. probably bear more fruit. Yes. I mean, who knows? Who knows where they bear more fruit? But, but probably at the time appear to be more effective than those really big peace events yeah I, th- I often say that like universities or churches who are trying to plan these sorts of events you know work backwards from what do you want to see at the end of the evening and if you want to see all those sort of good conversations afterwards yeah. and that sort of thing and you want to clear a good space for gospel you know proclamation then yeah there's nothing better than a meal really yeah really um, wise. otherwise you could fill a week with all sorts of jazzy events yeah. um, and then you kind of um, you know we're, we're in the position of then being asked to say say a few lovely words yeah. but if they're crowbarred into something yeah. where the gospel it doesn't really fit yeah know. the gospel according to Abba yeah yeah exactly go money 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 oh. <laughs> ah. must be funny ah see yeah. ah, you go that angle that's nice ah, yeah. I like that that's like Dancing Queen Perry Carissa I don't know um, okay so yeah so those are good events meals and getting people together and not going yeah, not trying to have the whiz bang yeah. event. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, your point, I'm going to remember what you've just said. Really, you know, where do you want to end up? I think that's the that's the point. Mm. And we want to end up. We're just having an environment where we can have natural conversations, finding out what people are thinking, asking them what their questions are, mm. uh, leading on from there. Yeah. I wasn't asked this, but it, it occurs to me to ask, uh, as an evangelistic preacher, how do you th- how do you think about um, to use horribly mercantile language, closing the deal. Uh, how, do you, how do you think about moving people towards a response, moving people towards that prayer of commitment that you said at the evangelistic yes. events all those years ago? Yes. Um, what, what are some of the things you're thinking about as a preacher in terms of how you want people to respond? Mm. 
I, I, I think we're a little bit nervous of that these days. I might be out on a, on a limb here, I don't know. But um, there are some groups within our constituency who I love to bits who will, for example, they will say so-and-so is professing. Mm. I think uh, that's really not that's really not Bible language. Mm. If somebody's saying they're a Christian, unless they're clearly not understanding or clearly living something that is you know that, that is not Christian, um, that they you can see from their life or or from their words that they haven't actually repented. Mm. Unless that's the case, if somebody's saying they're a Christian, I want to say, well, they're a Christian and treat them as a Christian. Okay. Um, I, I wonder if we're a little bit nervous, you know, of actually doing some of the things that, 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 that people in the past have done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lead people to that point of repent and believe and, 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 and close the deal or whatever. You know, it's a bit... That's Horrible a bit phrase. Horrible yes, phrase. <laughs> we'll um, edit that out. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so one of the things we've done in preparation is, is uh, learn how to lead someone to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I've given the team a few different sort of things they could do. You know, the ABC, admit, believe, confess, mm-hmm. um, taking people through that, or the Roman road. Do you know the Roman road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's Go on, explain, explain. Oh, the Roman road. Well, it's Romans 3.23, you know, yeah. all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. It's Romans 6.23, you know, that uh, the wage of sin is death. So you've got sin, you've got judgment. Mm-hmm. Romans 5.8, um, but uh, the, uh, God demonstrates his love for us in this, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you've got the cross, and then Romans 10.9. Uh, gloriously if we uh, believe in our hearts and confess with our lips that uh, Christ Jesus was raised from the dead then we shall be saved mm. um, uh, so you could do that as well or even something very simple uh, Mark one fifteen. you know mm. um, the kingdom of God is near it's near it's not far mm. away mm. Um, it's very near at hand why mm. because Jesus is here mm. so how do I get in repent and believe explain what repent and believe is so mm. start again uh, with Jesus you know believe these things what are the things you've got to believe those are the sorts of things I've gone through with the team. And I, and I think we, you know, we ought to be doing that with people when they're at the right point. Yeah. In answer to your question, which I realise I haven't done yet, um, it, what do I do as a preacher? I suppose when, I, when I'm in one of those set-piece situations, perhaps, uh, you know, from the pulpit, um, I want to think, have I given people enough information to be able to lead them responsibly to a prayer of commitment? Yes. So again, I, I do love sending people on to a course. You know, mm. I think people are further back, so Christian Explored or whatever the course is, is, is a terrific thing to do, and that, that will be somewhere I go. But again, I wonder if these days, some in our constituency are a little bit worried about praying a prayer of commitment. Mm. And you know, again, maybe it is because of my own experience. Uh, for me, that was very, very helpful, mm. um, that um, somebody you know, took me over the line. Yes. Um, and uh, if then, in my preaching... I have explained enough um, of, of some of the key things. I've talked about sin. I've talked about the cross. I've talked about repentance. Mm. Uh, then I, I, I think I want to do that. That said, um, I wonder if I can do all that in every sermon. So sometimes sure. I'm doing something a bit different, aren't I, in a sermon? So yeah. I, I, I sort of chop and change a bit, yes. depending on how I'm feeling. And, and I suppose if you're not manipulating, not giving people not pressure to do something... Mm. Um, uh, having some sort of response is a helpful thing. Yes. I remember somebody saying some years ago uh, when they did a mission for us, and I can't quite remember whether it was Frank Retief or not, but it might have been him. Mm. It might have been Roger Carswell. But uh, they said, um, uh, uh, never um, uh, downplay a response mm. when it might be a response of somebody taking a booklet or, or praying some sort of prayer. Um, 
even if they don't understand everything, they're saying, I like what I've heard, I want to go further. Right, um, yes. And I think sort of following people up with a name and then, you know, sort of making sure that they are followed up is a good thing. Mm. Um, so looking for some sort of response, I think, is a, mm. is a good thing. Yeah. Did, would, you, would you be happy yeah, with that? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think it, it kind of communicates what the gospel is, even if nobody prays that prayer of commitment. Actually, if you have offered people the chance to say, yes, I want Christ, I want to cross from death to life, I want this new life that Jesus offers, you're actually saying to people, you know what, you could have new life tonight, which by itself communicates a lot, because you're not saying, you know, you need a 17-week plan and you need to, you know, go on this pilgrimage and jump through these hoops. You're you're saying that actually, yeah, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, which communicates a lot about the gospel. Just That's very helpful. It means, of course, if somebody hasn't responded, then they know there's still a step they haven't taken. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also says something Which clarifies it the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. very good. So as, as a vicar of a church, how do, you th- how do you think about and strategize and pray about evangel- evangelism in the life of the local church? Where, what are the various things that you think about for, mm. in terms of being a witnessing church? Oh, thanks. Well, you know, most of what I do, I picked up from other people. I'm not mm-hmm. a particularly fresh thinker, so I just borrow mm-hmm. ideas, really. And uh, we, we have done week, weeks of mission um, in various different ways, uh, which have been useful. We don't do one every year. Um, uh, we pro- probably should do one again. We've not done one for a few years. We also have a regular cycle of events. Um, sometimes it's been far more structured than others. So that thing of at the beginning of every term, we'll have a series of guest events, uh, followed by a guest service or two, followed by Christianity Explored. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that quite rigidly for some years. Um, now it's not always quite as uh, quite as rigid as that. So we go through different stages of doing things, mixing it up, freshening it up, uh, doing different things. Certainly when I, when I arrived at Fullwood, there was something that every, I think it was the second Sunday of the month, it might have been the first Sunday of the month, I can't remember now, um, uh, the team were putting on something in the evening, um, uh, which was an apologetics, uh, sort of a, a regular, uh, sort of a, whatever an issue or an issue-based right. sermon okay. uh, for people to invite their friends to. So that's another way of doing it. I, I'm not quite so keen on that because as a vicar, I'm getting up then every month and saying, you know, start inviting your friends to the next one. And I think most people in local churches can feel a little bit hounded mm-hmm, if they're mm-hmm. being asked, what every, even if you say, look, we're not expecting you to invite everybody to everything. Um, but they, they keep hearing you saying, invite your friends, invite your friends, invite mm-hmm, your friends. Mm-hmm. So I think sort of once a term, obviously the set pieces, um, Christmas is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not sure we get a lot of fruit from Christmas, I still think it's a great way of getting people into the building mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully feeling more well disposed towards us, more ready to come to other things. Mm-hmm. So we've mi- mixed and matched. Um, yeah. And the regular thing of through... Um, uh, through the regular preaching, I think mm. you don't always want to have somebody come in and do it. The vicar, the curate, whoever it is who's preaching, ought to be be able to preach the evangelistic sermon. Mm. This this text that I have as I'm preaching through the through the Bible lends itself well to calling people to repent and believe. Then I will do that. Yes. And I think any um, any church, certainly Church of England churches often have a. A, a large-ish fringe, which we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we always have people who haven't yet mm-hmm. really become a Christians, people mm-hmm. who are on the edge, people who basically like what we're about. 
so you know when it comes up I preach through it um, yeah. and we've usually got a Christian Explored course not very far away that we can sort of plug them into mm-hmm. or meet up with them one to one so we do all of that brilliant and can you tell any good stories of sort of new birth that's happened at Christchurch in the last year or two yeah I can I, you know, great, great joy actually looking around at the um, looking around the congregation just probably two months ago and I was able to look around and think they became a Christian two years ago. They became a Christian a year ago. They became a Christian recently. There, mm-hmm. so the Lord has been very gracious that um, in in prayer meetings uh, we went through a stage. We have a prayer meeting once a month where every month I was able to say somebody's become a Christian. Let's praise God for them, wow. which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stories: um, a girl who came to Christianity Sport. She was a student. Um, I won't use her name, uh, but uh, she was a student, uh, came to Christian Explored uh, last term. Uh, she wasn't really convinced about Christian things at all. Very open, wonderful, actually, in her approach. Uh, she wasn't awkward, asked lots of good questions, um, never read the Bible before. Uh, by week three or four, she said to me, she had a question about um, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um uh, because she had been reading the Bible from Genesis 1 mm-hmm. and she got through to Leviticus mm-hmm. and she came across this bit that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. Her brother uh, had recently come out as a, as a homosexual and um, she said, this seems a bit harsh. And my heart fell as she'd been coming on so well. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be the deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Let's cut a long story short. We, uh, we had a special evening where all, anybody on the table wanted to think about that issue. We had a separate evening. I didn't want the Christian Explore course to be kind of dominated by that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we put on a meal on That's another night, yeah. um, sat down with the, her and a number of the others. I went in thinking, this is going to be a battle. They're never going to come back. Mm. And uh, it was one of those moments where everybody around the table said, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> now everyone wants to know what you said. But well, I know, <laughs> really, this has never happened before and it will probably never happen again. It was just, it was just the spirit of God working, clearly, yeah, because yeah. Uh, me and my co-leader went in totally terrified, you know, sure. thinking these are hard things to really deal with. This girl has a brother. Mm. You know, this is not an academic question, mm-hmm. um, as it often isn't. Uh, so that's a wonderful story about somebody who's just become yes. a Christian. Uh, uh, I, I could go on. We, yes. we do have others, but uh, you don't want me to keep on and on. And on. Uh, so we do. We do want to know what you said. The, man, the magic bullet. The magic there is bullet. no magic bullet. <laughs> I rambled around forever, and uh, and it was it was you know one of the things was um, uh, in Leviticus. Uh, she was really upset by the way uh, it kept saying, "I am the Lord your God," hmm. saying these things, and she had read that. Mm. Um, as being a, a quite um, aggressive, offensive. Right. Yes. We looked at the word Lord. Ah. Uh, he's, he's a you know he's, right. a, he's a gracious a covenant God. God. He's a covenant God. Wow. And he's saying, um, I'm doing this for your good. This is the mm. kind of God I am. We looked at what yeah. he just done to the people of God, bring them out of Exodus, yeah. out, out, out of out of Egypt. So, you know, there were specific things that she had mm. read, and and as soon as I said. You know, he's saying these things because he loves us. Mm. He presents himself as a father who cares mm. for us. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. I want to so, be your God. Yeah, wow. Exactly. What a different way of thinking. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, Paul, you are the author of a couple of books, evangelistic book, or one more evangelistic book, yes. one more book on evangelism. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, let's talk about uh, If You Could Ask God One Question, yeah. uh, which you wrote quite a few years ago now. Yes, yes. When, when was that? 
Uh, yeah, I think it came out about 10 years ago. I can't entirely remember. Yeah, it's about 10 years ago, I think it came out, ten, 9 or 10. And I really like the approach of this book because you, you tackle a whole bunch of questions that people would want to ask if, if they got to ask God one question. But what, what's your sort of basic approach as you try to handle... Where, where have I got a copy of the book? Oh, here we go. So there, there are questions like... Uh, are you really there, God? If you're a God of love, why send anyone to hell? How can I be sure that there's life after death? Why do you allow suffering? Mm. Things like that. Mm. But you've got a, a quite a fresh approach yeah. to your answers. What, what, what are you trying to do with all your answers? Oh, well, thanks. Well, that's kind of you. I mean, the, the book began because that is the question that is asked at the beginning of the Christianity Explored course. Yeah. So um, at the time, I was working at, at All Souls Church Langham Place, where I was looking after the uh, evangelism, as I mentioned earlier. And... Um, and uh, we had again and again and again uh, run Christian school courses and had many, 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 many questions. Mm. We, we knew what the top, at least in London at that time, what mm. the top questions were. Mm. Um, and we thought it'd be really useful to have as a resource, both for us and uh, further afield. Mm. Um, but really, as we wrote it, and I say we because I wrote it with uh, with Barry Cooper. Mm. Um, he's really the... He's a great, great writer. So uh, he turned my. We've had him on the on the podcast. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Well, now um, uh, when when we wrote it, we uh, we were really trying to go to Jesus if we could. Yeah. How would Jesus answer these questions? Yeah. Um, uh, As you know, the whole Bible is pointing to Jesus. Jesus Himself says that Jesus is the heart and centre of the gospel. Um, If we can. Why do we want to go anywhere else? Mm. Now, the, the key thing here for me is that I don't, I don't think that the other parts of the Bible um, are less inspired. I just think it's easier, if I can, to go straight to the heart and centre of, 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 of what the gospel is all about. Mm. Um, from there, if I'm talking about a person, not a concept, that's better. Yeah. Uh, if I'm talking about Jesus, I'm, I'm very close to being able to talk about the cross mm-hmm, and forgiveness. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So that's really the approach. If we yeah. can, that's what we're trying to do. And then you're able to say, well, this is how Jesus dealt with the issue of hell. Yes, he, he talked about hell and he said, and then suddenly it's not Glenn being awkward. Well, it's the son of God who can stick up for himself. That's very helpful. I wish I'd said that, Glenn. That is absolutely right. Yeah, exactly right. So it is. It is then the issue between them and Jesus, rather than yeah. me. And also, you, you, you. It probably, it's a strange thing because, of course, the the words of Jesus come out of the Bible. But it's very interesting how, if I go to the Apostle Paul, some people will say to me, oh, "Well, that's just what Paul said." Right. Yeah. But I haven't yet had. This is bound to change now. I say this, but yeah. I haven't yet had anybody say, oh, "That's just what Jesus said." <laughs> So there seems to be, even in Britain in the 21st century, which I know is becoming less and less and less Christian and churched, yeah. um, there seems to be something about the, the words of Jesus and the person of Jesus that carries a bit of weight that mm-hmm. people are not so ready to write off. Well, again, if that's how it is, let's use that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's the value of an evangelistic book, do you think? Why, why spend time on this kind of resource rather than just getting on and preaching in church and that sort of thing? If you're an evangelist, I want to say it's a brilliant thing to do. Write your own book. Mm. It's been very useful for me that um, if people have, have warmed to me at all uh, while I've been preaching or talking to them, to say to them, this is a book I wrote yeah. um, on, this, on these sorts of issues, um, people are much more ready to accept it from me. Yes. Um, and, and I think read it. 
Um, so that's that's valuable. Yeah. Um, obviously, not everybody listening to this is going to be an evangelist or or will be able to write a book. But if you've got that in you, then do. So that's been mm. quite useful. Um, you know, I think a, lo- a lot of people learn it at, uh, through different means, don't they? So mm. um, having a having a good book, I think a good new evangelistic book has to come out every now and again mm. just mm. to freshen things up as well. Mm. Um, so even now, I feel there ought to be a second edition of if you could ask God one question because a lot of the questions have moved on. Yeah. So I think all those questions are still as relevant, mm. but there are questions now, ten years later, that are being asked that weren't the top questions then. Yeah. Um, you know, things like the, the question I often get asked now is, um, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the what's the point of life? Yeah, right. Now, of course, I get asked that question, mm. but that's not in the book. Mm. And that only, only suggests to me that wasn't being asked ten years ago. Mm. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I don't know. Just things move, don't they? Yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time. And so, your latest book uh, is it out with Ten Publishing? Is it? It is Ten Publishing. Okay, and uh, called Intentional. Yeah. So, what's the what's what's the intention behind Intentional? (laughs) Well, again, I think that it's kind of it kind of goes with the other book, but it's the flip side. So, if if uh, if you could ask God one question, is a book you can give away to mainly to give away to unbelievers mm. um, for them to think through the questions and to get a, something of the gospel there. Um, intentionally is definitely written for Christians to give them confidence, to mm. equip them um, mm. in evangelism. So when I've uh, done things down through the years, and I, I, you probably find this as well, if I ask people, what is the thing that most stops you from doing evangelism? Mm. Uh, Christians will usually say fear of one sort or another, fear of losing a friend, um, fear of not knowing what to say is often yeah. a thing as well. Yeah. So in, in the book Intention, I start with the whole thing of fear. How do we overcome fear? Um, and that's not easy. I get fearful. Um, but how do we overcome fear? And then the big thing after that is to try and say, if if one of the big fears is, I don't know what to say and I look a chump, I'm just going to look at Charlie, mm-hmm. then how can I overcome that? Well, I can overcome that by, by equipping people with thinking about how to answer questions. Mm. Um, and so the book takes an, a particular approach, which we've touched on already, yeah. uh, trying to go to the person of Jesus to answer any question that comes. Mm. Um, so uh, it wasn't, it, again, it wasn't my idea. I pinch all my ideas off other people. Mm-hmm. When I was um, at Oak Hill College um, some years ago, um, Paul Weston uh, was on the staff then. He took quite regularly a number of the students off on missions. Mm-hmm. And uh, for one little mission that we did at the University of East Anglia, uh, as he was training us, he said, uh, try if you can, when you're asked a question, to say, how would Jesus answer that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was revolutionary for me, really. Mm-hmm. So simple, so wonderful, so obvious. Um, and really, I've, I've nicked his idea and put it into a book. Brilliant. Brilliant. Can we put you through your paces? Can, can yeah, I, you, can yeah I, this could be extremely embarrassing. Can I test you now? Yeah, do me an easy one. Okay, an easy one. All right. Uh, what about, um, how can Jesus be the only way to heaven? Yeah. Well, I suppose that there's a number of ways I'd answer that. Um, I, might, I, I might go to John 3. Okay. Okay, so um, here is Jesus with um, somebody from another religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd look at John chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, he's with Nicodemus. He's a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. Mm-hmm. Um, so then if I was talking to somebody, I would talk about the fact that uh, he was a very, to be a member of the Jewish ruling council, he would be a really good Jew. Um, you know, he'd been very serious. Mm. Um, he had known his Bible inside out. In fact, if you go on to verse 11, I think it is in John 3, Jesus describes him as you are the teacher of teachers. Mm. So here is the teacher, here is the great. If he was to turn up 
to church on Sunday, you'd definitely go and listen to him. Yeah. Except, of course, it would be Sat- the, uh, the Saturday, Saturday, Saturday mm-hmm. uh, at the synagogue. Uh, but you'd definitely go and listen to him. Anyway, my point is, I build up some sort of picture with people about mm-hmm. him being an exceptional guy. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't playing around with religion. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus says to him, you must be born again. What a surprise. If you're not born again, you won't go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's a surprise in verse 3. Here is a religious man who doesn't get to heaven. So uh, why is that? Well, he goes on, doesn't he, then to explain what being born again, you'll be born of water and the spirit, which as far as I understand it, again, I wouldn't go into this with the unbeliever, but as far as I understand that, if I've done the work right, that's Ezekiel 36, Mm -hmm. being born of water and the spirit is the the past wiped clean Mm -hmm. and, uh, and a new spirit to live a new life. And that's my opportunity then to talk to people about the fact that I have a past there's lots of stuff that I can't, even if I could live a good life from now on, which I can't do, mm. I still have a history mm. and mm. I can't get rid of that. And I'm terribly ashamed of that. And one day I'm going to meet God with that. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the, the past wiped clean mm. and a great future, um, but also to be then be enabled by the Spirit of God to live differently? Wouldn't mm. that be great? Um, that's something that I long for. Isn't it something that you long for as well? How is that possible? Well, it's possible through John three sixteen. God so loves mm-hmm. the world, He sends the one only Son. Mm-hmm. There's the gospel opportunity for me. And so, in a few minutes, I can go through that. Why is why is Jesus the only way? He's the only way He deals with the past, mm-hmm. and therefore gives me makes me right with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what I'm heading. Yeah. But I try and do it from the person of Jesus. Yeah. With a story run, the concept. You see, I could I could yeah. go to John fourteen six, couldn't I? Mm-hmm. Jesus says, "I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to God." There's a statement. Me. It's a statement. It just doesn't seem to. Mm. I mean, it's true. I love it, mm. but it doesn't seem to connect with people yeah. in the same way that telling a story, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and presenting Jesus um, yeah. in in conversation with Nicodemus does. Yeah. That's the sort of thing I try to do. I haven't done that particularly well, but yeah, no, that's uh, and, I, and I've thrown in with that some of why I'm doing what I'm doing, which I don't yeah. do if I'm actually answering the question. You showed your working, which is good. Showed my work. Um, but I mean, how Jesus himself answers questions is not always with a statement. In fact, very rarely with a statement. It's always yeah. either with another question another or question. let me tell you a story. Yeah, yeah. You know, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and, yeah. and off he goes. Yeah. <laughs> Does, does this work with something like science? Like if someone says, how do God and science fit together? Yeah. How do you, how do you speak of Jesus on that one? Yeah. Well, look, it doesn't... It, 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 you have got to look at what the question is. Because yeah. you know, behind that question, there might be a ton of other questions. Yeah, yeah. So what I might be trying to do, if, if I, I would come back with a question, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, how does, what are they really getting at? Mm. Um, if they Really, I mean, I could go very simply on that, is um, that, that Christianity is about a person. It's about mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in Mark 1.1 1, 1, straight away. Mm. Um, now... Uh, Christianity hasn't disproved this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is Christianity trying to do? Um, mm-hmm. Then I'm talking about what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So that would be one way I could do it. Um, it might be that they have um, a problem with Genesis. Okay. Well, then I might go to uh, somewhere where Jesus quotes from Genesis. Maybe, right. uh, is it Mark 10? I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I've got my Bible yeah. open. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. show how he takes it as, you know, he, mm-hmm. he really believes what's going on in Genesis. Yeah. Um, now that might open up a whole question hmm. on, you know, the reliability, hmm. but it depends what their question is a bit. But those are some of the ways I might might go down that route. But at least at that point, you're you're sort of saying, again, it's it's not me trying to stand for Genesis. Jesus stands for Genesis. Do business with him. Maybe if he rose from the dead, he knows what he's talking about. And And one of the things that I say in the the little book is that um, 
if you've begun the answer with Jesus, it does mean that even if the conversation goes off a little bit, mm. you can easily, because it's conversational, bring it back to, you know what I was saying about Jesus? Yeah. It doesn't feel as if you're crowbarring him back in. That's interesting. Because you've already started with him. Yes. So um, it just seems more natural. Yeah. It keeps me, uh, the, the big thing keeps me focused. I end up talking about Jesus rather than, Science, you know, actually, if you get me on science and I'm talking to a scientist, I am, I am, I'm, I'm done for. Yeah, yeah, I'm toast. Yeah, and it's interesting when we've thought about the kind of events we might put on as Christians and that sort of thing, and and when you think about what the non-Christian thinks we're able to speak about with any kind of authority or intelligence, they probably don't think we're able to speak very intelligently about very many things, yeah, yeah. apart from Jesus. Yeah. You know, you know. Hopefully, they think we have something to say on that issue. So, it's probably the one thing that we're, we're able to speak about. Um, okay, last question. Um, obviously, you've written intentional to equip everyday Christians in their witness. If yeah. you had five minutes to encourage. Uh, a Christian, maybe they say, oh, I'm not an evangelist, or they're just they're paralyzed by fear, or um, they certainly don't see themselves as a Paul Williams. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you then... What a relief. What a relief, yeah. How do you then uh, encourage them? What, what do you want to leave them with in terms of inspiring them and encouraging them to yeah. being a witness day by day? Uh, if I had five minutes, I think I would say, learn how to give a gospel-centered testimony, a Christ-centered mm. testimony. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we tell our stories, we don't, we don't take it very, very quickly to Jesus. Or really, sometimes don't mention Jesus at all. Mm. That's a very simple thing to do. So all the time, you know, sometimes people ask me, why are you ordained? Right. Well, the only reason I'm ordained is because I'm a Christian. Yeah. So I start, yeah. now that's easy for me because they ask me that yeah. question. Yeah. But I start with why I became a Christian. Yeah. Um, and how I became a Christian. Yeah. Which um, translates to, why did you go to church on Sunday? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's close by is not a good answer. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Right. I, I met Jesus when I was 17 is a much better answer. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um, uh, so learn to give a really straightforward, in three minutes, a really good Christ-centered testimony would be a, a good thing. One of the, the, little, the things I say in, in the little book, Intentional, is... Um, Never be caught on the same question twice. Mm. So hmm. I've made this little rule for myself, and uh, you know I don't want to give rules to anybody because they're they're awful. But if you wanted to, you could say to yourself, you know, it's no shame that if somebody asks me a question, I don't know the answer. I'll just say I don't know the answer. Mm. In fact, I think that's a great opportunity to yeah. go back to them later. I, I've never been asked that before, but you know, mm. I, may I come back to you? Mm. Is a great answer. I think a great answer uh, because you're not bluffing it. Yeah. You can get a good answer and you start the conversation again. Yeah. Um, but then if I, if I say to myself, I never want to be caught on the same question twice. Um, when I have had to go away, I found an answer and I then had a go at answering it. And I thought, I'm going to put that to memory. What mm. was the verse I went to? How can I take mm. this to Jesus? Mm. And I think that just gives us confidence over the years. Mm. So it's not really that, you know, the people have got good answers. Some of them are spectacularly brilliant, mm-hmm. but a lot of them have just been asked a question, sorted it out, yes. and now they know. And they looked like a real idiot the first time they were they asked it. Yeah. Just like we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and sometimes you have a complete blank. And I suppose the big thing behind all of that is, is to keep believing that, um, you know, that, that God is with you. Mm-hmm. He's on your side. Mm-hmm. He wants to help you. Mm-hmm. He is more concerned for the salvation of these people than even you are. Even the person you love the most, who you really want to be saved, mm-hmm. God wants them to be saved even more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't, I, yeah, could you blow it? I suppose finally not. 
but mm. that's the thing that bothers us too much yes and just relax be yourself yeah make friends with unbelievers yeah. do what you can and uh, keep keep trying to improve a little bit and mm-hmm. it might be that next week you don't feel as if you're any better mm-hmm. but if you kept trying to do it a little bit better each time in 10 years time you will be better yeah yeah maybe that's what i'd say i don't know that's that's a very good word to end on that's brilliant thank you uh, very much paul um we'll put in the show notes uh, how people can get hold of if you could ask god one question uh, a great read where really people are sort of looking over your shoulder as you're doing that intentional yes. kind of evangelism and answering Absolutely. with jesus so a great one to read and then pass on to a friend and then intentional by 10 publishing uh, another great read for for burgeoning evangelists you're very kind oh well thanks for being with us thank you that was paul williams talking to you glenn earlier so just tell us a bit about the books that he has again yeah so i mean the if you could ask go one question book is really helpful it goes through the 13 questions that people yeah. are often asking it's it's the question that starts the christianity explore course if you could ask go one question what would it be and and I love the Jesus-centeredness of all the answers. Uh, and what we're about to do here in Eastbourne is we've got a market stall and we're selling that book. And we've also got a sign up next to the market stall saying, if you could ask God one question, what mm. would it be? So it's not only pointing people to the book, which they can take away, hopefully throw a few pennies in into the pot yeah. for it. But it is actually asking them the question. <laughs> it is actually, actually asking them the question. So they've got post-it notes and they can write up their question right. and post it on the board and hopefully get into conversations that way. And actually many missions around the country have kind of sprung up around this theme. Mm. In fact, back in 2010 here in Eastbourne, uh, we did a thing called Ask Eastbourne, which was basically, if you could ask God one question, what would yes. it be? And then we uh, scheduled all sorts of events that sought to answer those questions. Yeah. So we've found it a really helpful, useful way in in evangelism that opens people up. And so just the question is great, yeah. but the book is brilliant too because it gives you some very Jesus-centered answers. So do check it out. And where can they find that book? It's... At all good booksellers, but uh, the good book company um, have it. I'm sure 10 of those do do it i'm sure amazon do it i'm sure um you can get it you can get it anywhere but um and then interestingly with 10 of those he's done uh the book uh, intentional Mm -hmm. uh, that is for evangelists and that's very worth getting as well so uh all good bookstores should stock this okay and if you want links to that we'll put them on the show notes so if you go to the uh web page for the podcast which is speaklife.org.uk slash tep you'll find the link to this episode and then all all the links to to the books and you can get yourself a copy also if you'd like to leave us a rating and review on itunes we'd be very pleased if you could do that but that's it for this week then see you next time see ya